0: Hey, it's Sean Fennessy, one of the hosts of the Prestige TV podcast. HBO's Barry is back for a fourth and final season. And that means I'll be back recapping the show with co-creator and star Bill Hader to dive deep on the themes, scenes, and major moments in the series. Bill will provide insight into how every episode was made and why it's ending. New Prestige TV Barry recaps will go live every Sunday night when the episode ends. So make sure you're subscribed to the Prestige TV podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
1: We're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more.
2: All right, like Newcastle in the Champions League, we are back. This is The Ringer Gambling Show. I'm Steve Cerruti, as always, joined by the great Paul Carr of True Media. Paul, Newcastle, last time they were in the Champions League. Uh, 2002, 2003,
3: what were you doing? I had just graduated from college. So I was doing high school games on TV, producing sports talk radio in Topeka, Kansas, and writing for the local newspaper.
2: There you go. Back in the day, newspapers throwback. Yeah. How old this thing Yeah, is. remember those? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was, I was in high school. I think I was a freshman in high school, probably also trying to write for a newspaper somewhere, um, <laughs> trying to figure out what I was doing with my life, playing high school football. I don't even think I liked soccer. That was the funny thing. I was like a late bloomer to soccer, Paul. Like I, I grew up, you know, I think we've talked about this football, baseball, yeah. basketball, the whole thing. Soccer was always kind of an afterthought. And I really got into soccer in like the 06 World Cup. So this was before all that even happened. I was probably making fun of soccer at this point.
3: Yeah, it's funny. 0203 would have been like the first champions league season i was like all in on um because i really learned about it in college i was a late comer to it also and that was so that again that was the first year out of college i had a lot of free afternoons so you know you're Derek ray and tommy smith's on espn yep. <laughs> for Ch- espn 2 for champions league watched the, those games taped a lot of the games on vhs tapes so i could watch them later because they weren't easy to find otherwise so that was really my first full like Totally into this Champions League season. And so my brother and I were all into it. And then the 03 final was that dreadful one between Milan and Juventus that ended, I think, nil nil and went to penalties. And it was just, it was your classic Italian yep. stalemate. And my brother and I were all pumped. We had a kind of party for it and nothing happened. And we were very displeased with everything.
2: Yeah. It's always a bummer when you're like, hey, guys, like, let's, this is big soccer match. Like, let's watch mm-hmm. it. And then it's like a nil nil, which is why I was so excited that. The World Cup final, which was, you know, obviously Messi versus Bappe, Argentina versus France, like it is everything on paper that you'd have wanted. I was just like, just don't be a nil nil, just don't yep. just be. And it ended. Obviously, it was one of the best games in any sport. I mean, Bill Simmons, obviously the Ringer's own Mister, the Boss Man himself, was texting me throughout, being like, "This is insane. Like, this is one of the best. This is one of the top five sporting events I could remember in the last yeah. like ten years." I'm like, "Thank God, thank God, it lived up to the hype." Because you just hate to see a nil nil when you try to get all your friends in on it. Oh, but uh, and I, in
3: my from back to the ESPN days, whenever there was a giant match, Champions League final, whatever it is. Just somebody score a goal.
2: Yep. You know, absolutely. we don't need
3: the jokes. I'm mean, same thing. World Cup final in 2010. Just like don't go to penalties nil no, nil, no, and, and yes, to saves the day. Same thing in 2014, to saves the day. Just like somebody score a goal. So this feels to the you know non soccer fan or the soccer hater like a you know whatever real championship match. That's all we ask.
2: Yep. Yeah. Soccer hater. That would be that would have been me back in 2002, Paul. So I would have been like, wow, this sport <laughs> sucks. Losers, no scoring. Little did I know, I was the ugly, dumb American who didn't actually understand how the sport worked. But back to Newcastle. I mean. This is, I mean, listen, putting aside all of the, you know, extracurricular whatever stuff, because I don't really have any, we've talked about, it, I don't want to get into it anymore, but it is kind of cool because it opens them up for a lot of interesting players and things this mm-hmm. offseason. I mean, when you get champions league football, like players want to play for your club and they've certainly got the money. There's been a lot of rumors yeah. flying around, whether it's like, you know, Neymar has been on the, on the, on the, uh, on the rumor mill, um, a lot of big names and you know, it's kind of cool to see one of the the last time I think what we had a non big six team make it was Leicester when they won the title I believe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, so this is kind of exciting.
3: I think to me they're the most interesting team in Europe this off because it's a complete unknown. They obviously have all the Saudi money. We don't know what they're going to do with it. Uh, how do you, you know, Eddie Howe going to how are you going to handle whatever happens? How's that going to go down? We just don't know. They could go nuts and like you said, bring in Neymar or some star like that. They could do nothing and just kind of inch the way up, which I kind of doubt, but it's it's on the table at least. So what they do with all this money, both from Saudi Arabia, from Champions League, all that stuff, is gonna be probably my top storyline for Europe this offseason.
2: Yeah. And you know, what's weird is it's so ahead of schedule too. I mean, the league mm-hmm. sort of like opened up. It's you know, we had Tottenham's obviously, you know, been in a nosedive in the last couple of months. Chelsea, you know, just getting blasted four-nil or four one, I should say. They score, they ruined your they ru they ruined your to nil bet. Sorry, Paul. Ah, um, jerks. But they—I mean—they're just an absolute disaster. So there is like a nice window, but I don't think anybody saw because this squad isn't that much different from right. the one that was battling relegation, like what 18 months ago or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, it's just the, the the job that Eddie Howe has done. Yeah, sure, they've they've brought in Bruno, obviously, in the midfield, who's been fantastic. They've brought in uh, Isak, who's. You know, has has been injured in and out of the lineup, but I mean they still have a lot of those guys like Almarone and um Callum Wilson, who have, you know, been on a team for a while and have just been unbelievable. Uh so they've done an incredible job like kind of building that team, not spending like the the millions and millions and millions or billions of dollars that everybody thought they were gonna splash. They've done a good job. They've basically been the opposite of what Everton did when they got money.
3: And it's not like they've been running hot. Yeah. Expected goal difference this year, they're actually second. In the Premier League, ahead of Arsenal, you know, a decent bit behind Man City, ahead of Arsenal by a handful of goals. So you could probably make a case to the second-best team. Not necessarily going to make it because it's pretty close with where they are compared to Arsenal. But point being, this is not a fluke. They have played well. They have generated the scoring chances. They've been solid defensively. And they very deservedly are, will be in Champions League next year.
2: Yeah, and obviously the loss uh, that I was just mentioning about Chelsea, that puts Manchester United in the Champions League as well. So the Champions League for the Premier League is set. Obviously, Manchester City, Arsenal already qualifying, Newcastle qualifying over the weekend. And this officially knocks Liverpool out of contention. So there will be no drama going into the final weekend for at least the top four places. And I think it's about right. I think ever, I think United probably deserved it. Liverpool, I, we, you and I all season were like, oh, they're going to get that fourth spot. They're going to get that fourth spot. But the odds actually were never great enough to really bet it. I just thought it was going to happen. But they do end up coming up short. I think that feels right. So we'll talk about some of the other European places Um we want to get into Brighton, who are now in Europe. Right. Um, there's still going to be a battle for the the, uh, the Conference League spot, which is actually like a sneaky kind of fun spot, um, for especially if you're, you know, a, a, a Villa Sicko. or... Yeah, I mean, listen, as a Roma <laughs> fan and they won it, like I yeah, talk yeah. shit about it. Now I'm like, hey, this actually was kind of fun. I enjoyed the yeah, ride. Uh, so we'll get to that in a bit. Um, we're also going to get into BVB potentially ending. I mean, they're heavy, heavy favorites to basically now win the Bundesliga title after Bayern lost to Leverkusen, um, I'm sorry, to, to Leipzig over the weekend. And, you know, we can get into the repercussions of that and kind of how to bet that because both of those teams are massive, including BVB is a massive, massive favorite against mine. So we'll see how that goes. And um, we'll talk a little bit about the the championship playoff, too, between uh, Luton and, and Coventry, which uh, there are some American ties to that as well. But let's, we got to start here, Paul. We got to start with, um, unfortunately, as I mentioned, my Everton squad, who uh, they are they are the the heavy favorite, weirdly, to not be relegated. Um, it's basically right. three team, two teams for three spots. So the table right now sits at Everton. They've got 33 points, Leicester 31, and Leeds 31. Vegas would tell you that Everton are a massive favorite. I mean, plus 320 to stay up, Leicester minus 550, Leeds minus 2,000. I mean, I, I, we'll get into it a little bit. I don't think there's really any way that Leeds realistically stay up. I think it's probably between Everton and Leicester. Um, I, first, and, first and foremost, basically, Everton just need to win and get in. Like, if they, if they win... And they, they, they're the only team that controls their own destiny. That's great but they're playing at home, a place that can be incredibly toxic. Paul, I'm just nervous, man. I know <laughs> like Vegas has them at, I think uh, uh, they're a minus 220 favorite to win. Bournemouth's plus 500 to win that game. Bournemouth have won 7-1 uh, on aggregate, basically in the first two games that they played against Everton this season. I- I'm nervous. I don't think it's as big of a of a gap as a sure thing as, as I guess Vegas and everybody else makes it out to be. Maybe it's because I'm just like a pessimistic fan, but what's your assessment of this, uh, the relegation fight, I guess, going into the last day?
3: I mean, first... Nothing is more Everton than being nervous about a home game against Bournemouth. He I'd rather was, it
2: be away. I, I would. <laughs> I, I
3: know. But arguably the worst team in the league this season in Bournemouth is somehow staying up because they got hot for you know, a couple of games at the right time. Credit to them. Um, I, I mean, it, for Everton, I think it's just that, you know, you're going to trust Leeds, that doesn't probably want to have Bamford or Rodrigo to do anything. Um, you're going to trust Leicester after all the struggles that they've had you know, Madison and Barnes didn't play for a half. Now they think they're going to be fine, but it's just, it's more of a, you can't trust anybody. So it's like Everton by default, just because they have more points. Like if you flipped, uh, whatever, Lester and Everton's points, the odds would probably be basically the same. I don't think it's a credit to Everton. It's just kind of a, they're a, they the shitty victim. yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah exactly. The, the lesser of all the evils or whatever that can stay up, but it's, uh, yeah, it, it just cracks me up you're home to Bournemouth and you're, Scared to death, which I I understand. It's also like you couldn't ask for a better spot in a lot of ways. Well, that's the thing. That's the crazy thing
2: is if you said like a month ago, two months ago, when they were when I thought they were right. definitely going down pre dice. I mean, I would have if you would if you had said, "Hey, beat Bournemouth on the last day at home and to stay Sold. up," I would have snatched your hand off for that because yep. <laughs> that's that's I didn't think we were getting there. I thought we were they're probably closer. Better off to finish bottom than they were to stay up. So obviously, this is in some ways a win based on where they were, but. I don't know. I actually think, I mean, listen, that Leicester win, or I'm sorry, that Leicester draw against Newcastle really did change a lot of things because it essentially meant that Everton had to win. Now, I, in some ways, you could argue that that's better. Like, don't play for the draw. Like, just go out and play your game. The problem with Everton is that they're going to be without Dominic Calvert-Lewin, likely, who got hurt again. And it's just sad to see because he, the guy, the body, his body is just sort of betraying him at this point. And, you know, again, Hopefully he gets a summer to get healthy. I mean, hopefully they'd stay up and he can do that. If he if they don't stay up, he's likely to be sold and probably not for a ton because you just don't know what his injury history is. But this is a guy who scored a ton of goals under that Carl Ancelotti season. He's talented. Like he he's not a he's not a guy who's going to do much outside the box, but in the box like aerially, he right, works hard. He's, he's a great athlete. He's a good striker. Like he's yes. a, he, he's a he's a double digit maybe 15 goal a year guy if he's healthy. I think if he's healthy off season Everton are comfortably mid-table. I, I think it's that much of a difference. Um and they're going to be without him likely and they're going to be likely without any fullbacks in this game either. So I guess the good news is you got to probably score goals in this game and Bournemouth have a have a terrible terrible defense. So Ah yep. uh, the the only problem I hear I see here is Everton at home if they don't score if they don't go up god forbid they no, go down. That'd be great. It's just oh, going to be such a negative atmosphere at Goodison oh. that I I don't know. I don't know. And like Leicester, I mean, they don't, they're almost in a perfect spot where I think they win. I think they beat West Ham because West Ham already did Everton a favor last weekend by beating, by beating Leeds. They have nothing, right. speaking of nothing to play for, they're in the conference league final right. in what, a couple weeks. They have, right, they, have- they really can't, they're already safe. Like they, they're going to be resting guys. I think, I think Leicester definitely beat um, West Ham. So this means Everton need to get the win. So I, 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 assuming Leicester win, win, which I think they will, I, the pressure is all, I'm just I'm just terrified if they go down 1-0 <laughs> and see what good, they'll they'll burn the place to the ground.
3: I, I will say, I, I'll be interested. I mean, David Moyes is obviously the West Ham manager. Does he do them a favor? A lot, of, a lot of Everton ties. I don't know. I mean, they do have time. It's not like they're playing the uh, final, you know, three to in, midweek next week or something like that. So they have a little time. Uh, as far as that goes, that, that would be interesting to me. And but yeah, Everton is just the, the defense. You know, who's playing? Are you playing four center backs or, you know, who's playing out, outside back Paul, I don't they,
2: know. Paul, they played Michael Keane, their <laughs> center back, who yeah. is. I mean just like an old school English center back like just <laughs> aerially great terrible with his feet he was playing striker he was playing center forward <laughs> at the end of the wolves game and he got the game winning assist <laughs> <know>. to another <laughs> center back to score it was uh, unbelievable it's, it's it was so unbelievable great. and that nothing sums up everton more than that and that yeah. point actually was somewhat significant uh you mm-hmm. know uh, but makes it, this it, a lot easier it sucks to know that like if they had just won that game they'd already be safe but they didn't so I'll go through the scenarios really quickly, just so everyone knows. I mean, Everton, so they're safe as I said with a win. They win and they are safe. They are the only team that controls their own destiny. They also go. They also are safe with a draw and a Leicester and Leeds non-win because. Mm -hmm. And and then you get into Leeds goal differential, but Leeds likely aren't going to win by a ton of goals against Spurs. I actually think Spurs probably win that game.
3: Yeah, it's like Um, double-digit. Leeds has to win by. And
2: if everybody loses, which is still possible. Everton stay up. That would be the best right. scenario, I think, in my head. Uh, Leicester, they have to win and Everton basically have to drop points. They have to draw or lose uh, yep. or and Leeds can't win by like 11
0: goals. Oh, so yeah, that's, we're, not we're throwing, going, that's not going
2: not, to not happen. Um, and then Leeds can stay up by uh, a win and Everton and Leicester have to lose or there's a bunch of different goal differential stuff that I won't even get into. So yeah. those are kind of the scenarios. Obviously, yeah, like on the surface, you go, oh, Everton went at home, like that's the, that's, that's probably a shoe in. Right. I don't know. This, this is a team that's won, I think what, four games since 20, since in yeah. 2023 to asking them to win any game is difficult, let alone a must win game at the end of the season.
3: Yeah. I think if there's a bet, and I don't think I'm going to play this, this will not be one of my best bets, but if there's a bet to be made, it's really um, either Leicester to stay up or Everton to go down or both, you know, Everton to go downs around plus 300, give or take Lester steps around plus 400. I think that's the play just because, Crazy things can and do and will happen. I don't put a whole lot of stock in the you know it's a must-win game. They're going to play super well, sort of thing. Um, because somebody said if it's a if your team's in a must-win spot, they must not be very good, which is correct. Pretty much the story of this relegation race. Uh, so yeah. So if there's a play to make, I think that's it. If you if you need a bet to have some rooting interest, it's either on Everton to go down or Leicester to stay up.
2: But here's the thing, Paul. I was looking at this. so yeah, like Everton to go down is plus three twenty on Fanduel. Right. But they have Bournemouth to win at plus five fifty. <laughs> I would probably, sure, the draw could could potentially screw you there. But yeah. I don't see a draw. Like I, I, I think you are either going to win this game or they're going to lose it. bit. because like if they go down one nil, I can see them going down two nil. I can see it getting out <laughs> of hand. And again. Yeah, I you can call. I, maybe I'm biased here. Maybe I'm too close to the situation. Maybe I've, Everton have touched me, and I've just I'm I'm pessimistic forever because I'll just never trust this team, which I think <laughs> you shouldn't. That's reasonable. I've, I've made the point that I think rooting for Everton is arguably the worst team you could possibly root for, maybe in all of team sports that I that you know American <laughs> team because of just the expectations versus what they give you and how right. much they just constantly let you down. You just don't get any wins as an Everton fan. So again, I am incredibly pessimistic. But yeah, maybe I I think the. I think the lesser to stay up, as you mentioned, what would you say? Plus 400 or Bournemouth to just win at plus 550. I, listen, I don't think that's ridiculous. I think those are actually decently valuable
3: bets. Yeah, that's, I, I got another one I'll save for our best bets, but there's, there's one other play I'm interested in, which we've kind of talked indirectly about, but I'll save that one until we get to the end.
2: Shout out, I guess, to Forest, too, who this is what happens yeah. at the end of the season when like the schedule kind of goes in a certain way where they, they end up beating Arsenal 1-0 at home, a place at home. They've been good at all season mm-hmm. and, you know, it would have been it would have been better even from a neutral, certainly as an Everton fan, but in a, from a neutral perspective to have that fourth team kind of in the mix, even though they would have been the heavy favorite to stay up. Yep. Um, but they do get the 1-0 win against Arsenal and they're, and they're safe, which, you know, they've spent a ton of money. They brought in like a billion players, it seems like, and they're going to be playing in the Premier League again next year.
3: Yeah, I mean, again, look at expected goal difference. They're second worst. So you're worst right now. This could change after another day. Bournemouth's last. They're staying up. Forest is next. They're staying up. Then it's Everton and Southampton. Then Wolves, who you know had a good run, kind of at the beginning of the year. They're fine. Leicester's all the way up in 13th. So they've been kind of unlucky, but you know, unlucky at the wrong time equals relegation, essentially, which is what we're talking here. So yeah, Forest has been. It's really been their home form. You know, they've scored almost every home game this season. They looked, you know, very decent against Arsenal. I don't, I don't know, was it Forrest good or Arsenal terrible? I'm not sure, but Forrest looked like a legit team, so it'll be good to have them around next year too.
2: Yeah, and just to just to cover all our bases on the odds here, Leicester minus almost basically even money at home to win against West Ham. I think they win. I'm I've, I've, spoiler that'll be part of my best bet <laughs> coming up because again, I just like West Ham had their sort of like they I, th- that was their last home game last week. They did actually play some guys. Declan Rice played like a lot of their. You know, I think Jared Bowen played so. You know, again, I, I, I you want to go out at home on a win, show your fans something. The bubbles are in the air at the, at the London Stadium. Congrats to them, uh, but I just I think this is a different animal this week. I, I don't know that you could rely on David Moyes um, <laughs> doing yeah. you a favor years yeah. later. Um, but and 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 again, leads are actually they're they're the underdog here. Spurs are plus one thirty five to win. Leeds are plus one seventy five. I I I actually would probably bet on Spurs there. I think there's a good chance because Spurs are still going to. We'll get to this in a little bit. Spurs are still competing for a potential European spot, even though if I was them, I might not even want it. Actually, let's just get to that now. Let's just talk. Yeah, let's the, the, these are the EPL team teams that are going to be playing in Europe next season. As I mentioned, the Champions League, City, Arsenal, Newcastle United. The Europa League is going to be Liverpool and Brighton. Let's spend a little bit of time on Brighton here, Paul, because I know yeah. you want to touch on them. Uh, just an incredible job. Like I think, you know, obviously they lose grandpa the middle of the season, which has been a disaster for him. Obviously he'll be looking for a new job <laughs> and not be interesting where he lands, but they bring in, uh, Deserby who is an Italian coach who was at Shakhtar, who was at Sassuolo before that. He's been like one of those up and coming, like he's really progressive plays a cool style. And I'm just annoyed that no Italian team actually ended up kind of pulling the trigger on him. We'll see what happens this summer. Although I think he has like a $13 million release clause or something. Ooh, if somebody wants him. Wow. Um, but Brighton just all in all, What a great story, like for them to be playing in Europa next year. I mean, this is a team that like historically is just not, not that they're certainly not in those circles.
3: No. And again, deservedly. So like there's a, the numbers make a case that are the fourth best team in England this year ahead of United, ahead of Liverpool. Uh, And you know, maybe, maybe not, but you know, they had their expected goal difference was only two behind Arsenal. They had more possession than Arsenal over the course of the season. Again, not saying they're better than Arsenal, but just trying to put in context, you know, where they were. Brighton just kind of ran cold numbers wise, underachieved expected goal difference by about seven. Arsenal ran hot, overachieved by about eleven. Uh, but and beyond the numbers, I think Brighton was really my favorite team to watch this season, just because they look like they have a plan. Like you watch, you can tell they know what they're doing. It just looks like an organized, it's kind of this ideal, uh, what you want a soccer team to look like when you're that, you know, mid-table, you know, sometimes underdog type of team. they have a plan, they execute it. Uh, and it is very kind of, you reference, very kind of Italian, but not, I don't mean that in a defensive way. I just mean like in the way that it, they have a they're firm drilled. structure. Yeah. yeah. You can just tell, you know, you watch a lot of your classic Italian teams, Napoli even, for example, this season. The dr- run, f- run drills, the run in patterns almost sometimes when everything's clicking, it looks super easy. And Brighton looked like that at times this year. So, you know, Evan Ferguson, uh, 18 years old, Irishman, might be going to Tottenham. They could do a lot worse than trying to bring someone in like was Kane. I was him.
2: No but, way. No. If I'm him, I hard no. Hard no to go uh, to Tottenham. I, I, <laughs> I'll no. No. I'll stay at Brighton for a couple mean,
3: years. I could easily say, why'd you go to a worse team? But yeah, you know, hey, I mean, it's one hundred percent at the
2: moment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think yeah. anytime soon. I don't think Tottenham's going to be back anytime soon. The, the interesting thing about Brighton is like, do they? How many guys do they keep this right. summer? Right. Right. And you know, it's rumored that Caicedo, who's their fantastic Ecuadorian midfielder, um. Who else am I? Am I like going to go somewhere? Yeah, Liverpool. Yeah. It's like, can they, can they one hold on to maybe one of those guys? Likely it'll be. I mean, Caicedo wanted to leave. He wanted to go to Arsenal. I think at the, in in January, it seems like McAllister to Liverpool is like a thing that's probably going to happen, or at least somewhere. Um, for for big, big money, both of these guys. And this is also a club mm-hmm. that's been able to, you know, they have they sold, you know, Cucurella and they end up with, you know, a stupid yawn and he's better, basically, <laughs> yep. on that, like, left-sided, whether it's, like, a wing-back or left-back, whatever uh, yep. position you want to call it, whatever uh, formation they're playing. They're really good at sort of replenishing, but I'm interested to see, like, what they do. Like, what, the, you know, they'll have some money to spend likely from player sales and from just being in Europe again um and for finishing you know what sixth in the league this year so can they sort of like th- that's always the issue like remember a couple years ago burnley were in the europa league a couple years yeah. ago but the problem wow. the problem is that you know when you have that extra competition like then it's about squad depth and like can they actually do that and and and, and kind of fight on multiple fronts obviously the two you know cups in England the league schedule in England in the premier league and in uh, the Europa League. It'll be interesting to see, but I'll be rooting for them because they're again, they are they they prove that you don't have to play. No offense, like the old Burnley, to be like a a smaller side and still have success or stay up in the right. league. You can play a possession, you know, kind of modern style you know, you have, it's harder cause you're, you know, you gotta, you gotta like, obviously make the most of your funds and your money, but they're, they're proof and them and Brentford are proof that you don't have to just play like this boring old English, just, you know, knock it up and just, you know, count the clearances and have these big, you know, towering center backs who are just basically your defense barrier and try to get a one nil and stay, you know, mid table. They, they have anything approved that you can be expansive and still be a team on a budget. Right
3: we saw it against City this last game. You know, I know City didn't have really anything to play for, but Brighton pretty much went toe to toe with them for most of that game and got the one, one draw. So I'll be super excited to see what they do this offseason. Uh, you know, they've kind of earned trust that they can, you know, plug whatever holes may show up, whether it's a uh, coach or player. So, you know, I, I think they sell two, three of those guys for 50, 100 million, whatever it is each. I kind of believe that they can just plug in the the next guy or find the right piece to plug in there. So yeah. There's another team that'll be really interesting to see how much how active they are kind of on both sides of the transfer scales this offseason and what they can do with that next year.
2: And then Liverpool, the other team in uh, the Europa League, They'll probably be favorites to win the Europa League. I'd imagine next year (laughs) they're going to be probably the best. You know, we'll see who the drop off, who the teams that drop out of the Champions League are. I mean, that always. it was funny. Jose Mourinho had a very funny quote, I think was before the second leg of the semifinal against Leverkusen, that Roma had already won the Europa League because all three of the other teams were dropouts from the Champions League. So he's like, yeah, we already won the Europa League. So there you go. It's a good Um, Jose quote. It is. It's fantastic, uh, and you know we'll get we'll do a little bit more on obviously the Europa League finals next week. We'll have a pod before that to break that down. The FA Cup um, final as well between uh, the two Manchester clubs, but Liverpool, you know, it, it's going to be a bit weird not seeing them in the Champions League next year.
3: Yeah, it's uh, it's really just interesting. It's a the season has turned into a, maybe an inflection point for Liverpool. Like where do they go from here? You know, they have obviously have pieces they have to replace. You know, they had some bad luck with injuries, but you know Van Dyke looks like he's over the hill now. Uh, you know, almost everybody that has been part of this run for the past five years. I mean, Salah really, I guess, didn't appear to have dropped off all that much, but he's approaching wherever that cliff is. Maybe it's next year, maybe it's four years from now. I don't know. So they gotta, they have to look at almost every position on that team and figure out like, do we have the guys for the next two, three years? Do we need to get a stopgap? Do we have the right youngsters coming in? Can we go sign somebody? They have a ton of decisions that they're gonna have to make and get a good chunk of them right to move
1: back up next year.
0: my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the hotels.com app.
2: All right, let's get to the other competition then too, so this is the Conference League spots. Uh, it's basically a battle between three teams. Aston Villa currently in seventh with 58 points. Tottenham 57 points. Brentford 56 points. Villa play Brighton, so Brighton has nothing to play for. But you know, uh, still, Brighton. still, you know, we saw it against City like they're still playing some of their B squad, and they're they're. Very talented players, as I mentioned, Tottenham are playing Leeds, so Tottenham do still have something to play for here. I I, I think they'd still want to get into Europe. I mean, they they dropped out of the Conference League a couple of years ago when they were probably the heavy favorites going into it. And then Brentford, without Ivan Tony, who is now suspended finally for his uh, betting <laughs> escapades, let's we'll, we'll all those tips, all those tips
3: he gave us, through. <laughs> yeah,
2: we'll see, we'll see how that turns out. And they're playing Manchester City, who again have nothing to play for, but it's still Manchester City. Their B squad is still awesome. So I don't know. What do you, I? I, I got to be honest, like I kind of. I Kind of like Villa. Villa have been playing incredibly well. They're obviously in pole position. If they get a win, they control their own destiny and they're in that spot. Well, that would be another incredible story from a team that was really bottom of the table, kind of in the relegation scrap under Gerard, and then you know gets Unai Emery and all of a sudden they're the hottest team
3: in the league. Yeah, I think you have to lean Villa because I mean, I know you said you kind of like Tottenham to win. Is that I don't I still don't trust Tottenham <laughs> That's at fair. all. Yeah. And Brentford, <laughs> you know, I think Brentford might be the best of these three teams. But they're playing Man City. And again, it doesn't really matter unless they're calling up you know, guys from the U-17s or something. It's still a formidable team that's going to be better than whoever uh, Brentford can put out on the field. So I think it's got to be Villa the way that they have played lately. Uh, they have enough guys healthy that this should be a, should be fine from that perspective. So I think Villa's got to be the favorite. I, I guess it's good. You know, you get back into Europe in some capacity and you hope it's a stepping stone to Europa or even better next year.
2: If I'm Spurs, I don't even want to be in the conference league. I don't think so. Like I, what's what I'd rather just new coach. It seems Pochettino is, is I don't, it's not official, but it's basically official. It seems like he's going to come in Um, or I'm sorry. No, I'm I'm thinking of, uh, I'm thinking of Chelsea. They don't have a manager yet. So right. there's no real, you know, th- it's uh, who really wants that job. That job to me is more attractive. If you don't have to play those extra, like what is it? Half mm-hmm. dozen, dozen games next right. year in a competition that, you know, let's be honest, like does, it would be a trophy. Listen, Todd would take any trophy at this point. Cause they haven't That's won one in God That's knows true. how long, but for a coach to come in and just have to concentrate on the league schedule and you know kind of getting that right, it's almost like I'm not gonna I'm not saying that they'll do this, but it was like Antonio Conte coming in with Chelsea a couple years ago when they finished I think tenth and he didn't have anything right. to worry about other than the league and they won the league. So right. for me, the, if I'm Spurs, like I think, like I said, I think they'll, I think they, they'll, I think they'll still try and you know it's against the last game of the season. It might be Harry Kane's last game in a Tottenham shirt, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to be in this. I don't want to, I don't want fin- so. to finish
3: seventh. I mean, the money's not significant as far as I know to get them I mean, you get a few more home games, you get a little bit of gate from that, but you're not getting a ton of money from the competition itself. So yeah, pass on. It's different if you're Brentford, if you're Aston Villa, where mm-hmm. you haven't been in Europe much of ever lately, and you can, again, that is a stepping stone and it might let, maybe it does help you get a guy or two you might not get otherwise from a recruiting standpoint, but Tottenham is at least likes to think of themselves as a bigger club than that. And just, if, I don't think there's a ton of upside, obviously you know you get deep in the competition it's a different animal, but yeah, you the might as well road try to, to win get theres right it's more treacherous it's almost like a it's just a international version of your your league cup or whatever you want to say um so yeah I, I would think Villas your favorite and because it means something to them and tottenham yeah kind of whatever
2: it was like last year you know Roma were maybe a little bit too big to to win that competition yeah. like again as a Rome fan I'll take the I'll take it I'm very excited to be in the in the yeah. Europa League final this season that would be a much I think more appropriate trophy but I think the final this year for the Conference League Fiorentina versus West Ham that's a fantastic that's final that's yeah. awesome two kind of like weird teams like Fiorentina is a know somewhat historically relevant team but is you know a, a, not one of the bigger fish in italy and west ham you know team with some money that's not had a great league year but i think that's a fantastic final on yes. paper i, I, mean, actually, it's I think lot, both finals are great the europa
3: league and the conference league it's a lot like the nit in college basketball you know no one really pays too much attention from a fan standpoint until you get to those final four in new york and you're like all right we're in madison square garden there's usually you know two four teams that are you know known whether it's a brand or name whatever it is and it's kind of fun by then uh, Conference League I think is very similar the group stage is kind of okay and then once you get to a knockout stage you got a bracket and kind of see where things might be going there's at least some interest or at least that's that's how I attack it from my perspective
2: except the the only thing is you know in the in the NIT you don't get an automatic bid to the right. NCAA tournament the next year in right. this like if you win the Europa right. League something. you get an automatic like both Sevilla yes. and Roma they are not going to finish top four the winner of this is in the Champions League next year it's yeah, massive that was like for great both teams thing,
3: great move by UEFA to do that a few mm-hmm. years ago it's it's yeah. There's not much risk. You yeah, you're going to get somebody there. There's going to be excited about it one way or the other, probably, you know, unless you get like a Barcelona is terrible and they make a run to the final or something and they're in anyway, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's great to add a, Uh, a little bit more stakes. And and you can see it just in coverage and the way coaches and players talk about it. Even, you know, several rounds before the final, they're like, "Ah, well, this is our way to get back to Champions League. And It seems like that mindset's trickled down into the the people playing the games, which is a good sign. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll give you away for kudos for doing something well.
2: Yeah, they did one thing one thing we'll yeah. give, we don't give it off them, but you did, you did something all right here. Um, all right, let's get to, this is, I guess, nicknamed like the richest game in the world. Um, yeah. once a year, we've got the championship playoff final between Luton town and Coventry city, uh, Burnley and Sheffield already promoted to the premier league, but these are the two teams in the final of the playoff. Uh, Luton town finished third, 10 points ahead of Coventry city, uh, who finished fifth. I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to tell you I've watched, I've watched, you know, I watched part of two of the, uh, the semifinal games and you know, they're entertaining fun teams, but it's one of those things where like the playoff, anything can kind of happen any, and there is an American tie to this, Paul, why don't you take it away from here? What are your thoughts on this game?
3: I mean, yeah, I'm just, again, I haven't seen much of it. Either these teams this year, I'm pretty much just rooting for Luton town because Ethan Horvath's there. That's that's about it. I think from what I can tell, looking at the numbers, Luton's a little bit better than Coventry this year, but it's not, you know, a giant difference. Uh, Luton hasn't been in the top flight in 30 years. Coventry was actually there in 2001, as recently as that. So they kind of fell out of the Premier League, you know, right before, I'll just say, America caught Premier League fever for a variety of reasons. Uh, They do have American ties, though. Kobe Jones was there for a year. Roy Wegerly was there for three years in the mid-90s at Coventry City. So there's some American ties, but that's almost... Even though it's just over 20 years ago, it's like that's a whole generation or two of fans uh, that's different now. So, yes, I don't have a strong feel for this game uh then just kind of from a fan selfish perspective rooting for luton town for horvath's uh sake there's obviously no guarantee he would stay there next year but he's been pretty good for him this season uh, all season and he's yeah i'd love to see him back in the premier league
2: yeah it's basically worth a hundred million dollars or more oh, to 200 just 200 yeah, yeah to, to yeah. be to be promoted into the into the premier league so
3: like, we talk it's, about it a lot. it's a it's big like, freaking deal they're pretty much guaranteed a hundred million for tv next year if they make it. And then you get three years of parachute payments where they give yep. you more money to kind of ease the, your way back into the second division. And that's worth close to a hundred million dollars. And that's ignoring, you know, you're going to sell tickets for higher prices. You're going to sell more merchandise. You're going to all sponsorships, this other kind of yep. ancillary income, your advertising, your sponsorships, all going to bring in a lot more money. And have you seen Luton Town Stadium? It's terrible, right?
0: Yeah. Just very small. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> I mean, it's it's
2: not really cool, quality. Though. Like that was but like, yeah. remember, remember born, like born this, what do they have? Like 11,000 people. Yeah. That's, it's it's tiny, but it's like, it's kind of cool when you, like that, that's I, I what, agree. I, that's a cool part of Italy when, you know, some of those smaller teams and they're like, you know, you have a, a club with this ancient stadium, like by the water though, it's like a waterfront stadium mm-hmm. and it's beautiful, but it's like a hundred years old. That hasn't been updated in forever. That's, I kind of like some of the older English stadiums that wow, are just tiny that happen. It's, 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 you know, it's some of the charm of, of the actual league itself. You mm-hmm. mentioned too. Yeah, so Coventry City were they were one of the founding members of the Premier League. They spent nine mm-hmm. years there, um, but were relegated basically in two thousand one, haven't returned since. Lou and town have never actually played in the Premier League. They got relegated right, yeah. they got relegated the season right before the Premier League started in nineteen ninety-two. So they are looking for their first they've been in the top division before but they have never been in the actual quote-unquote premier league so you know two kind of like newish teams yeah i can't say that these have been on my radar it's just it's like what we talked about last week the turnover in the premier league of some of these teams when we were talking about like Southampton the last time they weren't in the premier league like what the or what the championship looked like it's crazy the turnover here so you know who knows we might have everton joining uh the second division and it'll be even be even more turnover yeah. at the end
3: Routon town stadium just over ten thousand right now They've been trying to, you know, renovate it for years. I've, I have no idea if that's something that might happen before the season. But just from an atmosphere standpoint, I love it. It's such a contrast to your, you know, 60,000, 70,000-seat uh, Stamford Bridge or Etihad or wherever it might be. That It's great as long as, you know, of course, it's safe and all those kind of <laughs> security right. type of things. Yeah. And, uh, again, I don't know. But it's fun to see different grounds. And even just, you know, you flip a game on TV and something just doesn't look right. You know, like the camera angle slightly different, yeah, slower, There's fewer stands yeah. on the other side, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Uh, that is kind of what makes things interesting. You have all these different things and different histories all over England.
2: I think we we got to throw at least a little bit on Luton Town here, then. So they're they're, they're money line plus one forty five, Coventry plus two twenty in the draws plus two hundred, just for our guy. They're the favorite. You know they're getting plus money. Let's go, Ethan. You know, let's yeah, let's make us some money, Ethan. Let's do it. I mean, there's no done. no uh, no statistics or analytics behind that. It's just all heart there for us. So waving the flag. Out to, shout out to Luton Town. Um, all right, Bundesliga time. We Ooh. had we talked about man, this was like a couple months ago. I remember, we were like, you can. I, I want to say you could get BVB to win the league for like an insane number five
3: or six hundred maybe more
2: maybe I think it was more I think it was closer to like plus I mean it was insane like how much of a guarantee almost that Vegas and everybody thought Bayern winning the league was and you have Bayern losing essentially last week as I mentioned to Leipzig they lose control Um, so now BVB basically just needs to win over Mainz on Saturday and they are the Bundesliga title winners for the first time in 11 years since they did it ending Bayern's absolutely dominant run um, which wow. just really hasn't been fun for the neutral. I kind of feel like it. kinda yeah. It just sort of kills the league. It was it's really cool in Italy to see like four years, four different champions. Before that, it was Juve dominating. Now it's a much more open league. It's really fun, but I don't think the Bundesliga will ever really be like that. But it's it's definitely cool. I mean, obviously, this seems like it'll be la- the last season with um, you know, with Jude Bellingham there. So to sort of capitalize on that and 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 knock off Byron, who obviously fired Julian Nagelsmann earlier in the season, hired Thomas Tuchel. Like, you wonder if they want to have that one back. But BVB, massive, massive favorites yeah. against Mines. They're minus 750. Paul, you have a way <laughs> maybe to bet this? Tell Because I don't know. I I don't really love taking somebody minus two to like to win by three or more goals. Not saying it won't happen, yeah. but I just don't love that bet.
3: I mean, that's probably where I'm going to go with this because Dortmund, they're a high-scoring team. They blow people out. Like, that's what they've done for the past couple months. I don't know how you could really i mean if you want to you know kind of play the opposite and you want to play mines plus you know two and a half or something i suppose there's a a reason people on that that side yeah i don't love that either i I don't know if the honest, i don't know if the prices are great for dortmund at those high uh, margins but that's kind of the way i'm going to end up because they've been hot mines has been bad and i think that's just they're at home dortmund is like in front of the yellow wall etc i think that's the way you have to go with this even though it It feels wrong, but I also think there's kind of the Bundesliga inflation that that we've talked about where, you know, the, it's just a higher scoring league. So everything is, looks a little bit off if you're used to betting on Serie A or the Premier League and you're used to seeing, you know, nothing worse than minus 190 for under two and a half. And then you go to a Bundesliga game and it's like minus 300, minus 350 or something two and a half for something like that.
2: Two and a half in the Premier League and Serie A and other leagues is you know the norm. Right, over, Three and a half other, or yeah or four and a half is like the is the is the, is the, the right. like the median level, I guess, in, in the Bundesliga, which is you know why it's a fun league. It's kind of like we were talking about the Eredivisie, the 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 Dutch league, where it's just everybody yeah. scores in that league. Everybody scores in the German league, too. Right. Like, you know, right. it's
3: just it just is what it is. But in good, but in good ways. So I, I think that's the way. Um Bayern's had just such a weird season. Like their numbers are still, on the whole, better than Dortmund's. They've just had these stretches. You know, they had three straight draws in January, right after the World Cup, when they, you know, really dominated most of those games, especially the last couple. Uh they had a couple and truly thereafter, or really it was in March when I think Nagelsmann got let go after a loss to Leverkusen. Uh and Byron dropped points again in April, a couple of games. You know, Hoffenheim that shot like twenty-two to four, and that was a draw. And they lost to Mines, uh, even though <clears throat> lost three to one to Mines, even though that game was pretty even. So just said one of those years, like every single kind of borderline result seems to have gone the other way, and sometimes it's not even borderline. It's like Bayern, you know, it's it's those they got soccered a lot of times where they they dominated but didn't get the win or sometimes even the point. So, like in a lot of ways, I don't think anything's wrong with Bayern, but you know, I mean, they fired Nagelsmann mid-season when they were still a sizable favorite. You know, they're gonna, I don't know if panic is the right word, but they're gonna overhaul something in this off-season if they don't come up with the league trophy here.
2: I was looking at like you can get halftime, full time, so basically Dortmund to be winning at halftime, full time. But again, it's minus two hundred. You know, you, you can't. <laughs> you, you also can't parlay that on on FanDuel. Maybe you can somewhere else, but you can't do it on right. FanDuel. Um, I just I don't know if I'd like that either because that just doesn't seem like great enough odds for me. I don't know. I might. This might just be a stay away. I'll watch the game, and you know, maybe I'll live bet it. Like, if maybe Dortmund go down, who knows? I don't know. Or just like it seems like yeah. there's an avalanche. They're gonna
3: give up the first goal and still be like <laughs> minus two fifty favorites to oh, yeah, win the exactly. game
2: or something. Exactly. But then you just take them and then like the over three and a half, and just say, all right, maybe I can right. get close to even right. money on maybe. that, something like that. Yeah. Um, Bayern on the road. By the way, I, they'll probably just win. Is it, is, is it is it Cologne? I think that's how you pronounce it, yeah. right? Is yep. it yeah? They are um, you know, they're they're on the road, but big favorites. I think they're minus three fifty. I think they win because, like, again, it's one of those situations where the pressure's all off of them, so they'll probably just go out and win. They'll probably go out and stomp them, but I don't know, again, that there's a ton of value there either.
3: Yeah. I look forward yeah. at
2: taking both teams to win. Again, you could take both teams just straight up money line. It, you couldn't even get to, like, put my, minus 200 on that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I these end-of-season numbers get so skewed that yeah, I don't, sometimes I don't, I don't know that the value is there, but it, it's almost just the, the being right. You almost feel like you're obligated to play something, something on it, but yeah, they get, they get wacky toward the end of the season. But weird stuff happens. You know, we saw England last year. Uh, you know, City barely beat, was it Villa, I think, at the very end of the season? And Liverpool's going to pull out a miracle title. Yeah, and Villa,
2: Villa were up 2 nothing? I think, right, yeah. in that game? Yeah, uh, I and, think so. And everyone's like, oh my God, is, the, is it on? And then they come back and I think, was it Gundogan yeah, had a goal? Stuff and, happens.
3: Yeah. All the, the narratives, I think, on the whole, the narratives, I think, play less of a factor into a lot of these end-of-season games than we think or, or we expect them to.
2: I don't think there will be much drama. I think both of us think BVB just kind of, so. just kind of, this is, it, it was, it was won and lost last week, unfortunately, or fortunately, if you're a, if you're a BVB fan. So, um, all right. I think that's it before we get to our best bets. Am I missing anything, Paul? I think that's all we got. We can, well, I've got a couple bets maybe potentially on the Byron game, but I'll, I'll save that for our, for our best bet.
3: No, I think I'm good. This is the uh, European season. Come to an end is always fun. Serie A has got screwy schedule. It doesn't make any uh, sense. The, the last couple of weeks are going to be weird. Does it, I was very confused. You reminded me that, that Roma's playing the Europa League final before the season's over and Serie A's not ending this week like you know England and and Germany and others or Spain, yeah, yeah, or Spain. Yeah, it's very strange. So you've got a situation where, you know, what what a
2: great, you know, from a neutral perspective, like a really interesting Europa League final. As I mentioned, yeah. you've got Sevilla versus Roma. Not only do you have Sevilla who, and again, we'll do more on this next week before the game on Wednesday, but there's uh, Sevilla are just the kings of the Europa League. They've won it 5 yep. times. They win at every time they basically get to the final versus uh, Jose Mourinho, who is undefeated in European finals, whether it's Champions League, the Europa League, or the Conference League, he's won all of them. He's the only coach ever to do that. He has a tattoo on his arm now to commemorate that. Um, <laughs> so shouts out to him. It's really the immovable object versus the un- what is it, the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. That is really Roma versus Sevilla. Like that is those are the two sides of this coin. Yep. So that'll be a really fun game. But as you mentioned, both of these teams, so both of these teams, I believe, they played this weekend. Yep. They play the, the Europa League final on Wednesday, and then they have another final league game next weekend. Who, like, Who is in charge of this schedule? It's terrible. Who is in charge of that scheduling? All of the European finals should be after the season. The Conference League is after the season, which is the lesser competition, which is weird. So you would think that that one would... Right. Yeah, you know, not as, not as uh earlier. If you're gonna do one earlier, and obviously the Champions League final is in a couple of weeks on June 10th on a on a Sunday or Saturday, I forget whatever the, the weekend day is. Saturday. Why the heck are you both of Roma and Sevilla? Neither of them are gonna play anybody in either of their league games. And I grant they don't really have much to play for. Roma is technically right. still in top four. They won't though. Um and Sevilla have, you know, they were in the relegation knife, battle earlier this season. Yeah. So so I guess it kind of worked out in that way. But whoever fire again, we gave UA for credit earlier. We whoever's making yeah, these take schedules, it take it all back because that's just a horrific uh scheduling error.
3: Yeah, the conference like thing is what really throws me. If you're playing that and Europa midweek, at least, what are you doing? There's some terrible consistency. But yeah, it doesn't make any sense.
2: It'll be fun though. I tell you, that's a what an incredible, incredible yeah. final. Yeah, it's a good so one. all right, let's get to our best bets. Paul, okay. you we one and one last week. You had, um, you had the real money line and you had the inter money line. So you hit, you hit the inter money line, lost real. You are 19 and 15 plus basically two units on the season. Your boy had a big comeback week, Paul. We are, we oh, had boy. a couple, we had a couple of weeks Let's where we were one, we, I, one and two after one and two. Um, I went four and one last week in my bets. Ooh. Uh, I had man city money line and the under four and a half, which I barely hit by the way <laughs> on that ended up yeah. being four and nil. Hold on to that um, one. I lost the inter double chance. Uh, they did win, but they didn't go over one and a half goals, which I had. I had Sevilla Juve, both teams to score. I had Roma double chance at under two and a half at plus one sixty two. That was a nice one. And we had a little fan boost that they uh, that they got. Yeah. They got to me late after the pod. Say, hey, do you want to have a, a boost bet? So I put together a little city to advance and then Holland and Benzema both to have shots on target. Uh, we got a lucky Benzema and yeah, a completely meaningless shot on target late in the game to hit that. That was plus 200. So your boy now is 20 and 19. I am plus 1.6 units on the season. Oh, yeah. So both of us in the, in the money here, Paul, I'll let you as always go first. Uh, I don't know how many, I have, I have a couple bats bets here. I don't know how many you have, but I'll let you go first.
3: Okay. I, I got three for you. Um, and for good on the FanDuel boost that, that Benzema shot was a little bit questionable, but uh, you know, thank you know- Anderson for getting out there and getting <laughs> a hand on it. So if the keeper gets a hand on it, knocks it away. <laughs> Whether it's going to go on frame or not, you're usually going to get your credit for the shot. That
2: was so. insane because like that, that game, I guess we should, we could spend a little time on that game too, because obviously it was, you That's know, true. we haven't really talked about it, but I, I was pretty confident in, in city in both legs. And I was definitely confident they would win at home. I knew there would be pressure on them, but I just thought they were the better team. Real were horrific. That was one of yeah. the worst Real Madrid games I have ever seen. I think anyone has ever seen. They looked like Burnley, you know, of <laughs> two years ago. Playing against Manchester City, they were just holding on for dear life. They couldn't get anything. Benzema was terrible in that game. His first touch, I thought, was horrific. I was in like the 50th minute. I'm like, this best not hitting. There's no, like, they don't have enough possession to even get a shot on target. Um, They don't even have the ball. How are they going to get a shot on target? So that was a really, really bad
3: performance from Real Madrid. All right. And I'd say, I just give credit to City. Like, that was as impressive a performance as I recall seeing in Champions League in the last decade. They just, handled them i mean rob dribs in it for what 15 or 20 minutes like if that cross shot that hit the crossbar i think it was mm-hmm. the somewhere in the 15 20 minutes somewhere in there obviously that had got in things going to be could be totally different but after that like they didn't do much at all so uh it was just it's a nice it, again it's kind of a narrative thing but city just kind of you know cuts that off that champions league dragon and you know presumably marches on to the final where, where you think they're going to win in route to the trouble but we can touch more on that next week but yeah was, we got plenty uh, of time yeah I was a like, city that was just that was again one of the best performances I've seen by any team in the last decade or so.
2: Yeah. When I mean when you start talking about like, you know, the best teams of all time, that mattered. That that performance, if they end up doing winning the treble, which, you know, right. they've still got two more trophies to win, they're gonna be favorites and both of them probably heavy favorites. That 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 performance is like that's evidence case in point as to like why you would say, Hey, this team is one of the best teams right. of all time.
3: Yeah, that'll um, be the game.
2: So, so yeah, we'll have plenty more time to break that down. But the, Oh, the other thing, too, was we te- we were texting about this. I have no idea why Real Madrid were like, hey, let's bench Tony Rudiger to put in uh, Millie right. Tao. Rudiger was fantastic in the first match. I, I didn't get it. Um, So I, I'm not going to question Carlo Ancelotti because he is Mr. Calm, cool and collected and one of the best coaches right. of all time. I didn't understand that decision at all.
3: Right. Probably didn't matter.
2: So, I mean, City probably still steamroll right. them, but I didn't understand that decision at all. All right, your first bet.
3: All right, all right. We're going to start in the Premier League with a relatively meaningless game. So here's the stat. Seven straight seasons. At least one game on the final day has had at least six goals. <laughs> Let's go. Now, I'm not taking the over five and a half, although I was kind of tempted to look in this game or maybe a different one. I'm just going to go over three and a half in Southampton Liverpool uh, plus 102. Oh, okay. The price there, I, I thought it'd be a little bit worse. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's Liverpool. They have a good offense and not a great defense. We know Southampton's not very good. Obviously, they're last place getting relegated. Just think there's going to be goals one way or the other. It's always a little bit of risk playing this before you see lineups. Yeah. But mostly on the Liverpool side. But honestly, like Liverpool's got to roll some guys who are pretty good at scoring out at forward. And. Southampton's lineup I think is fairly irrelevant here. So yeah, over three and a half in Southampton, Liverpool plus one oh two.
2: Yeah, I don't hate that at all. I mean, you know, when you when when teams have nothing to play for, oftentimes there are goals. Like it's actually it's usually weird. not that boring. So that's uh that's not terrible at all. Um and you, as you said, like Liverpool's backup top three is probably still capable of putting up four goals on their own. Uh, Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with this. this, Here it is. I I teased it before. Leicester money line. I just think I think they win. They're minus one Oh five on the money line, but I'm actually take them. I'm going to take Leicester money line and the over one and a half. I think there'll be goals in this game. I think Leicester are there. Both these teams aren't great defensively. Leicester are terrible defensively. So even if they give up a goal, I think Leicester win this game. I don't think man. uh, I don't think West Ham have much to play for. They don't have anything to play for. So, Leicester money line over one and a half goals. That's plus plus one twenty three. It gives you a little bit more juice than just the minus one Oh five. So give me that for my first best bet.
3: Okay. So I'm going to my maybe, maybe one, an
2: emotional hedge, by the way, a little bit of an emotional hedge thing right. for me.
3: My second one, I'll, i am going to your Everton game. Um, Everton Bournemouth, both teams score uh, <laughs> minus one Oh eight. The price I got here. Um, you know, Everton has given up the most expected goals of any team this season. Um, I mean, I don't have to tell you their defense is a mess. Yeah. Uh, we talked about how, you know, All their outside backs are injured, and they're going to play who knows who on the outside. Conceded in five straight games, conceded in nine of the last ten. Underline numbers line up with that. Uh, The question here is really, is Bournemouth going to score? They've only scored one goal in their last five games. They've been kind of on cruise control since they more or less secured safety with a couple uh, good results. And they haven't had a lot of shots either. But I just this is more, I trust Everton's defense to give up a goal more than anything. And obviously, they're going to have to press and get, you know, they want to win this game. So I just think both teams get a goal here. So minus 108, a little bit worse than even money, the price here.
2: I like it. I, I definitely I mean, listen, the ag- as I mentioned, the aggregate on the season Bournemouth won four nil and three right. one against Everton. They've scored a ton of goals. And granted, that was under a different manager. I don't think it's going to be that. But still, it's not ridiculous at all for them to just give Everton give up dumb goals. That's what they they're a dumb <laughs> team. They are a dumb team. They give up <laughs> dumb goals like this, is especially in big spots. So, again, I, I, I think both teams to score if you're getting close to even money on that. I think Everton probably score because, you know, they're going to have to at some point. They need to score. They just need. They have to score. So, uh, I like that if it's close to even money. I don't blame that at all. So hopefully it's just like maybe a two one. I mean, hopefully it's like a four one. I mean, I, just, I would just like to like not have a heart attack on Sunday. But I have a hard. I have a. I have a bad feeling. I'll probably be drinking a little bit early that day. I I'll be um, here for
3: the podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, TBD. TBD. <laughs> I said we'll be back Tuesday, but I don't actually know. Uh, no, I have to. I have to make it at least to Roma in the final uh, next right. Wednesday. That's right. You gotta uh, get there. Ups and downs, man. Ups and downs. There are levels to this. Uh, all right, I am gonna go next bet. This, I got a, I got a couple written down. I'm just I'm gonna go Villa money line. This is a risky bet, but I I just think they have a lot to play for. It's even yeah. money. Yeah, Brighton's the better team, but Villa at home try to secure the Conference League, which would be massive for them. Finishing seventh uh, is an incredible achievement for a team that, as we talked about, was just kind of in the dumpster earlier this year. I am a little bit nervous that Bournemouth—they're just going to try out backups who are probably awesome and still be really good. But you know, they—they they, they celebrated. They're in Europe. I think they might. This might be a little letdown spot Hangover. for them as well. So, give me the Villa money line. Villa a good team. And here, at, at the end of the day, like even if they're both these teams are at full strength, Villa is a good team. They're at home. Uh, if I'm getting even money, I'll, I'll take that with, with the team with something to play for.
3: Yeah, I don't mind the pick. The price I'm not crazy about. But again, we don't know what Brighton's going to show up. Um, so okay. So my last one, I'm going to go to Bundesliga. I'm going to do the Dortmund minus two, uh, which means, you know, okay. you know, they all win by three or <laughs> plus 120 is the price that I have here. Um, let me just, Dortmund's last three games here. They beat Augsburg three nil. They beat Gladbach five, two. They beat Werner Bremen six nil. Two games before that, they beat Eintracht Frankfurt four nil. Like, this is a team that I don't think has really ever recently shown any signs of like packing it in and playing for a, you know, a tight one goal win. Like their way of doing that is we're just going to attack more. And so I, I think that's what's going to happen here. Uh, I mean, mine's has lost four in a row. Three of those were by three plus goals and you know, their season is done. They don't, they're not playing for anything really right here. So yeah, it's a little bit square and I'm, I kind of suspect the price really isn't that great relative to what it should be, but give me Dortmund minus two. So Dortmund will win by at least three at plus plus one twenty.
2: I, I, it scares me, but, the the facts back you up. Obviously they've, they've just been murdering people left and right. right. I quickly looked up because I was like, all right, well maybe I'll check like the anytime goal scorer odds here. I was like, you know, Sebastian <laughs> Haller has been fantastic. Sebastian Haller, anytime goal scorer, minus 220. There's I was going to say man, minus 200. There's just like, no, there's just no value. I cannot find the value here. I can't. I was like, maybe I'll sneak it's that good. one in last minute. Uh, not going to happen. Not going to happen. All right. But I, I don't hate, I mean, listen, it, there's a good chance that that bet hits and you know, I think if if they get one too early, it, it you're right. It could just be it'll be the, the party will be right. on, they'll probably just absolutely destroy them and then you know go on from there. It's it it's if they give up a goal, like you never know. Um, you know, you don't want it to be like maybe it's three nil late and mines get a goal late. I mean, yes, that's, that's, a, the, that's the nightmare. That's match, that's, right. that's obviously the night, yeah, exactly. But uh all right, I'm actually gonna go to the Bundesliga here, but I'm gonna that's take good. the Bayern I'm gonna take the Bayern match. Okay. Uh as I mentioned, I don't think Bayern have any pressure on them. They've basically in their heads probably already lost us. I think they just go out and they probably pump Cologne. I'm gonna say Bayern to win half at to be winning at halftime and full time, minus one twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was kind of thinking, all right, do I take Bayern minus one? So that's to win by two, and the over two and a half, which is plus one oh seven. I I think they go on them early. I think, again, I think both these teams probably get on both their opponents early, but I feel a little bit more confident in Bayern because there's just, again, there's no pressure on them. So Bayern and the number was better too. So Bayern to win at halftime and full time, uh, minus one twenty will be my my last bet. The other ones I wrote down though, Paul, I had I ha- Spurs money line I wrote down. I haven't decided yeah. if I'll take that. You you don't yeah. you, you kind uh, of talked me out of it.
3: No, I'm done with Spurs. I mean, I've been done for a couple of months now. I'm just not. That's fair. I'm, I'm not putting any money on them in anything.
2: How about this? Harry Kane last game as a, as a Tottenham Hotspur to score anytime plus one fifteen.
3: I don't. I don't mind that. Yeah. I mean, I I fully expect Tottenham to give up a goal or two, but yeah, they could. He could definitely get one.
2: Yeah, that, that I you you talked me out of out of. I mean, I I think leads are just done and dusted. I just think they're I I mean, just, they're yeah, a bad yeah, they are a bad team. Like they're they're just bad flat out. They go up one nil, and obviously like without um as you mentioned Rodrigo and Bamford, Bamford or I mean, Rodrigo probably well, Bamford yeah. Bamford's been terrible this year. Terrible.
3: Right. No, he's he's done like everything except score, which obviously is important if that's your position. Like I feel like he does always does good things, and then. Nothing in the box when he's got to finish it. But so, so yeah, he's been terrible at that one thing, which is you know the most important thing a forward can do.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say like if you're, if you're gonna be good at one thing at forward, you probably <laughs> probably be scoring goals. You know, right. uh, you'd rather be a poacher than you know right. some guy who does all the hard. I mean, you know, it is you do need a guy to work hard up front, but at the end of the day, goals win games. That's what we're doing. Um, all right, I think that was just about do it. Did we miss anything, Paul? I think like I said, we'll be back next probably next Tuesday before uh, the Europa League final to uh, break down. The, uh, the fascinating game between my Roma squad and Sevilla and then we'll do the uh, the FA Cup as well which is over the weekend um, so yeah and then the following week we'll have what the Conference League and then the next weekend we'll have the, the Champions League Finals so it's weird that this, it's weird the season's clo- coming to an end Paul I, j- I just I really miss I
3: love waking up on the, in the mornings and watching soccer we only have a couple more weeks of this hey you got Nations League coming up next the week That's after true. that with US Mexico gonna be part of it you've got a Gold Cup you've got a Women's World Cup like you're just gonna need to decompress for a week or two but things are gonna kick back up pretty fast that
2: is true that is true and then honestly like the soccer schedule like we'll be back in mid-august so it'll be fine like we only have like a it's it's these guys man they play way too many way 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 too many games but to our delight we love watching it so um all right well that'll do it thanks to paul carr thanks as uh thanks as always to our producer actually we have mike worgon on the on producing today so shout thanks, out to work the work warrior um for producing this pod as well best of luck to everyone in their bets and uh, we'll catch you in the middle of next week
1: This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town,
3: it was amazing.